Well, good afternoon to you, too. <laughs> Honored to have uh, the one and only, the legendary, oh, God. Oliver Young. <laughs> Welcome uh, to another fun episode of Tales from the Crew. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for of course. being Wouldn't part of the, the show. You've Wouldn't been, be easy for the world. Yeah, my favorite people to work with, and I'm so honored to have you on this esteemed podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, I love that this podcast is kind of centered on horror, which is one of, among among my favorite things in the world, horror. You're into horror, I had no idea. Yeah, no, not no one does either. <laughs> uh, it's shocking. Everyone thinks I'm a romance guy. No, uh, yes, I've, I was raised on horror. Um, I've always loved creepy shit i love horror music i loved monsters my uh no one wanted to hang out with me when i was a kid because i just had all this creepy stuff and world when did you start watching horror because that's a big thing with like my family like when do i start showing my kids horror films well my dad started me on horror uh in my mom's opinion at far too young an age (laughs) (laughs) uh like when i was a baby i would I would watch like old classic Universal monster movies and just scream my head off, and my dad was like, "He's fine." Which those are kind uh, of tame movies now, for, comparison to oh, the yeah. horror today. Compared to what I watch now and write and uh, <laughs> <laughs> things that go through my mind. Uh, yeah, they're quite they're quite G rated in comparison. But uh, yeah, no, those were all, those, that was how I got started. I um, my my parents were always into classic literature and theater and stuff like that, so. The, the universal horror monster movies, like the very famous ones, kind of had similar qualities, I found. Yeah. Were, uh, Frankenstein, such a big kind of theatrical character. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, that was what I got started on. And uh, I, I remember we used to, when I, I, li- I grew up in Canoga Park when I was really young. We had a pool and we'd have these big pool parties. And my dad, so my dad would always. Uh, my dad would always uh, screen a movie on film on this big projector screen we had in the backyard. It was huge. And I remember them playing Lon Chaney's Phantom of the Opera one night. And I got so scared when he took the Phantom mask on that I ran and like hid in a closet in the house. <laughs> I, I was probably like three or four or something. Um, and I still have no idea why I ended up liking horror thinking back on that. Because they used to scare the shit out of me, and, and now they just make me smile. You know, like, <laughs> I, took, I took a girl on a date to see Hereditary, and uh, she had her head buried in my shoulder like the entire movie, and I was just smiling like from ear to ear the entire time. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, so horror for me started really young. I think, uh, honestly, like, maybe that's the best time to do it. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> then like, you kind of get used to them right. faster. It's funny, my oldest daughter uh, naturally just gravitate towards horror. Yeah. Like I've caught her, you know, on Netflix watching horror films at eight years yeah. old and I'm like, hey, it's, this it's, is a kind of a cool film. Let's, yeah. You're okay to watch it. I'm okay to watch it, I guess. And like the biggest audience for horror now is like, uh, like teenage girls. Like that's the, yeah. that's the majority of the audience from yeah. what I've heard from studies, which yeah. is very interesting because, you know, my family, none of the women like horror. <laughs> well, you were like a product of horror, though, right? Because your dad yeah. and your mom on a film set. Yeah, I was. Film set. I, I was born of horror. Um, it was my parents met. My dad was doing a, uh, a short film version of the 
of the H.P. Lovecraft story, The Lurking Fear. Uh, it was like early 80s, I want to say. I, want, I have 1982 in my head for some reason, but I have no idea if that's right. Uh, and there was one female speaking role, and it was like at the very end, and she had like three lines. But uh, my mom came into audition, and my dad was super smitten with her, so he kept trying to get her to be on it, and she didn't want to do it. And then finally, he like was charming enough, and she said, "Fine, I'll do it." And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so they, and then and here I am. Uh, <laughs> and was it something yeah. that your dad was writing and directing? Yeah, he was the director, and he and he and he wrote it, and they shot it uh, somewhere in the East Coast. I want to like somewhere outside of so New York. So he casted your mom. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. those lines were cut, he probably wouldn't exist no, Exactly, today. <laughs> yeah. If he could, if he had edited her out of the movie, even, you know. <laughs> right. Because uh, my mom was uh, acting on Broadway at the time, and my dad was a teamster on movies. He was driving trucks. Like, he, he, he was the, I want to say he was the transport captain on Manhunter. Oh, wow. Uh, the Michael Mann movie. Yeah. And he worked on, like, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter, and... He had he somewhere he has one of Tom Savini's like prosthetics from that movie. It's like a backstab thing. Oh, cool. So oh yeah, and so then my house, my growing up was just full of weird old horror shit. You know, like he had, uh, uh, or, or just like movie memorabilia. Like Ray Harryhausen was a good friend of his, so we had a lot of like Ray's stuff all over. And he had like the seal from the Nautilus from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. That's over the piano oh wow uh he also has the underwater camera housing from Twenty Thousand leagues into the sea it's in this big wooden crate and it weighs like a thousand pounds that's it's made of that's <laughs> an interesting thing <laughs> yeah he collects all this weird shit yeah uh so like we have a, a death mask of bella lugosi like a of his face oh wow uh oh, oh yeah we're, we're both collectors yeah um and he you know and he loves the classics and like you know, so Ray was like a family friend, Ray Harryhausen also. Oh wow! Like I, uh, we went, we had dinner at his house in London, and on his like, I guess Tim Burton had been over there the night before because they were buddies. And he, had, he on his second floor, he had all of his models, like from Clash the Titans and like the unused ones from, as it were, the Worlds. I think he did one. Uh, that must be like Disney for you. Oh yeah, as a kid going oh, yeah. in the horror, going yeah. and seeing all that. And like I got to hold uh, Talos, the bronze man from Jason and the Argonauts. There's a photo. Of, I have a photo somewhere. I'll have to show you at some point. But uh, it was all cool. And like, uh, and Ray's best friend was Ray Bradbury. Oh wow! So we had dinner with Ray, with the two Rays one night. No way! <laughs> yeah, at the, at the Pacific Dining Car. Wow. Yeah. So uh, and and Ray, and Ray Bradbury. What an iconic yeah, dinner! Yeah. yeah. And Bradbury told me the story of coming up with Fahrenheit four five one. Oh wow! It was. Uh, yeah, he said that he was uh, he was asleep one night, and like just jolted up, and there was a man standing over his bed, and it was Montag, and he said, "Ray, I'm burning books, and I don't know why. Can you find out for me?" And Ray just went to this uh, library and wrote. I think he wrote the first draft in like eight days or something, like seven or eight days, and he just pounded it out. You know what always amazed me about that is uh, his foresight on like, you know, like reality television and like yeah. the wall. And yeah. how everyone would just watch TV or, or mm-hmm. constantly absorbed by like reality programming, yeah. and he you know, that to me that was like the scare. The, yeah, I feel like um, his stuff isn't commonly thought of as horror, but I always I've always kind of thought of it as horrific at least. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like you know, dandelion wine is so creepy and. Uh, I mean Fahrenheit four five one also just kind yeah. of they're just creepy so uh, yeah but they they were friends because they both like dinosaurs 
they met in high school, I think. It was high school or college, I can't remember. They were both really into dinosaurs. Interesting. Which is like the nerdiest thing ever. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it's, it's fun, like, to, you know, just see these two, like, titans of entertainment and they're both just kind of like, still. How simple it is. Yeah, like yeah. little kids still, a little bit, yeah. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I actually just showed my daughter uh, Jurassic Park for the first time. Nice. And you forget what a, like, sci fi horror film it is. You know, it's like yeah. it's coming up with this concept of like DNA from mosquitoes mm-hmm. and creating that into like these yeah. new dinosaurs that then are uncontrollable. And yeah, sci fi horror is always like one of my favorite movies is Alien. Oh, know, yeah. Which I think of as like a horror movie. Everyone's like, isn't that a sci fi movie? I'm like, well, kind of. Like, <laughs> But thematically, it's like horrific. Yeah, it's it's t- totally it's a yeah. it's a rape allegory, which is even you know like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I forget there was a found footage horror film that I saw a while ago. Was it uh, the moon one? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of alienish, but I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I forgot what it. Was. I didn't. I didn't see that. It was like Apollo. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't ever ended up watching it, but I want to. Yeah. That's yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, anyway. uh, let's get back to you, Oliver. <laughs> we digress. Yeah. Back to me. Uh, so so presently you're kind of working uh, as a DP, uh, as a key grip, as a director. Yeah. Um, just kind of. I'm just a film renaissance man over here. Yeah. I, I go on show to show. Yeah. I kind yeah. of just go where the wind takes me. I enjoy doing all of them. So it's it's always hard for me to like be like I'm just this. Yeah. You know? I came, you know, I came, obviously I came up after I graduated from Chapman University, where my dad and mom both teach now, uh, I was making money by key gripping, pretty much exclusively. Yeah. Uh, which I loved doing, because it was kind of like lighting practice. I got to try stuff. Yeah. You know, and, you know... Uh, I guess working with different DPs and different, you know... Yeah, working with different DPs, like meeting all levels of the crew... And, you know, like watching how different directors did stuff when I didn't really have to be directly involved with them was kind of nice. You know, that that at least taught me a lot about presence, like set presence and stuff, you know. And then working with DPs that, you know, sometimes we would not, we wouldn't always like agree on like what to do, but... you know, I, I, that's when I started coming up like with suggestions. I'd be like, well, why don't we try this? Like, and I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. That would be cool. I mean, yeah. we would kind of both try it and see if it sucks or not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if it sucked, we'd be like, oh, well, let's not do that again. And if it was great, you know, which the, the majority of the time it was, uh, we, we, yeah, it was kind of, it was very cool to practice in that, in that sense. Yeah. Uh, so then when I started DPing primarily, uh, you know, a couple of years after that, uh, I, I felt like I had all this like knowledge of lighting, so lighting has always been kind of easy and fun to me. Something you feel like you have, uh, yeah, like a good, well understanding. Yeah, and and, can, and, and it's you know it's very easy to get lost in lighting and take forever to do one lighting setup. Yeah, because there's no real one way to do it, or there's no, no. real best approach. It's kind of just like. Yeah. You know what? What the overall look of the film is, and how to totally. like keep track of that. And there's like there's yeah there's an infinite number of ways to do it, and you you have to keep it consistent. So that's why I've I've always liked to do it as simply as possible. Yeah. Uh, simple, elegant. I also find that it generally looks more realistic. Right. Well, if it looks more realistic and you spend less time lighting mm-hmm. it, then you're you're spending more time shooting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good idea to not get 
too complex. Yeah, and then you have time to do all the shots that you need to do for the movie because at the end of the day, the lighting, no, you know, the lighting doesn't really matter. You watch any Soderbergh movie, you know, and like a bunch of them kind of, like, there's he's just like, oh yeah, just turn a turn a fucking light on, let's shoot. <laughs> but you know, what's amazing is like, uh, and uh, our friend Michael Gallagher was mm-hmm. talking about that. I had no idea on like Dallas Buyers Club. They basically just use candles for a lot of, or like natural lighting for mm-hmm. a lot of the look. And I mean, it's a you know, it's a, sort of a compliment to the technology uh, with modern day cameras and yeah. you know how accessible they are to low lighting and mm-hmm. how they're you don't really need to overlight to achieve something like in film where you kind of would have to overlight to just. Yeah, just so you could get the exposure. To get the exposure. <laughs> yeah, we're so we're really lucky now. I mean, you know, you can shoot the A seven S and like, you know, in moonlight pretty much. Yeah. So it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I have one fun story with you and you know, we started working on I think the thinning, um, and then on funny story, we were at a house in uh, I think it was somewhere in like West Hollywood maybe. Uh-huh. And our D P Greg Cotton uh, I forgot what he did. He hit his head on something. Yeah, he stood up into a into a four by. We had a floppy over him to keep him out of the sun, and he just like walked like right into it with his eye. And I saw that happen in real time. I'm like, oh fuck! Our DP just injured himself, and I'm thing. so worried about him. And then, uh, you know, I, I was worried about him. I was also worried about like what are we gonna do? And then. Um, and then within a blink of an eye, you were behind the camera. And we were like, we were all tending to cotton, and you were the one that just kind of like jumped in and started like shooting the camera. I'm like, wait a minute, Oliver knows how to shoot a camera. <laughs> and like, oh I, shit! I just had no idea. I just always, you know, yeah. hired you to key grip. Yeah. So no, it's uh, and that's always fun. Like, uh, I mean, also you know, also like uh, just in general, I'm like a metalhead. And, you know, I like techno and, you know, yeah. I like horror movies so people don't uh, always expect me to have read as much Charles Dickens as I have or uh-huh. go to as many plays as I do. It's like, oh, no, I'm classy. Uh, I just like extreme stuff, too. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I'm a key grip, but I can put a suit on. Right. You know? <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's fun. And then, yeah. yeah, and then we started working together, like, a lot after that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Both thin, both thinning movies. I mean, and funny story was like such a. Yeah, that was. One I, of I don't the, know if that'll ever happen again. No, I mean, I, I hope it does. Yeah. but it's one of those. All of you go see Funny Story. It's May twenty fourth. May twenty fourth. It's really good, and it was just like um, you can, and I think you can tell from watching the movie like what a oh, fun, the love. Uh, was, yeah. yeah, it was just such a fun yeah. experience. It was that house we shot at up in the woods? Was that Topanga uh, Canyon? Yeah, Topanga Canyon. Uh, that house had. The most insane book collection ever. I think that's when I sort of walked into the, the cultured Oliver Young, yeah. who really knew every single book, and uh, not only impressed, you know, the uh, for me, but it was like all the actors that were like blown away with your knowledge of like all the outlawed books that were yeah. available that, that you knew of. First edition Anarchist Cookbook. I was like, oh, don't steal it, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. I mean, like, you can't find that book anymore. So it was, it was really cool to, like, be, like be in its presence. I remember, like, walking by the bookshelf, and I saw it, and it was, like, walking by, like, I was, like, starstruck. It was, like, walking by, like, uh, Pierce Brosnan or something, being like, what? Dude, what's up? <laughs> there was this movie that, uh, on VHS when I was a kid growing up, that was sort of like that. It was, mm-hmm. like, uh, this movie called um, Faces of Death. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, 
on the cover it said banned in 51 countries mm-hmm. or something and we had a friend who got his hands on it and we'd all watch it and then go to someone else's house and watch it and have it was you like, seen Faces of Death oh my god we gotta <laughs> check it out I don't know that I've ever seen Faces of Death but I do collect a lot of those uh, banned movies like I have Cannibal Holocaust uh-huh. and uh, uh, I mean I've always loved Grindhouse movies yeah um, uh I don't know really where it even came from. It might have been from watching so many Tarantino movies when I was a kid. Yeah. I watched all the movies I shouldn't have when I was like really young. Yeah. So <laughs> my Fortunately, you got Sorry, through mom. that so you could get to a whole oh, yeah. collection. Yeah. You, know? you started early. Yeah. But gr- the reason I love Grindhouse movies so much is that I never expect them to be good. Yeah. Like when I go see like a big superhero movie and it sucks, I'm like, you guys had $300 million and it still sucks? Like, but when I watch this like, like thanks killing. Yeah, thanks killing, or or uh, I drink your blood, or um, you know the beyond. I'm just like I'm like oh yeah, they had like ten bucks to make this movie, and shit, it's fun. Like hell yeah, <laughs> like this, you know. I don't have to think very hard. I just you know just watch bad special effects and terrible acting. It's great, you know. Like you can you can tell like oh so, some of them you can tell they were having fun making them, you know. Like, and like when you watch like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can tell they weren't having fun making that movie, and I feel like that's why it's so horrific. Horrific and like yeah, yeah. tough to watch. Well, like yeah. you know the the scene, uh, the dinner table scene yeah. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a twenty four hour day, I want to say, and it was in August in Texas, and they blacked the house out. So it was like a hundred and thirty something degrees in the house. And like oh, everyone, God. everyone was like dying. <laughs> then you can when you watch it, like that's why it's so. And it just seems really sweaty, too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Nasty, sweaty. Like, oh, oh, and the, oh speaking of sweaty horror movies, uh, have you ever seen Maniac? No. The William Lustig movie? I saw it at a Beyond Fest last year, which also, go to Beyond Fest if you guys are into horror, you, which I assume you are. Um, but uh, the the killer in that movie is like just always, he's like this sweaty, fat dude, and he's just always, it, it's so gross. Uh, and it adds so much to the movie, actually, I think. you know, Like, when we do movies now, everyone wants to put makeup all over everyone. And yeah. Powder constantly. And yeah, constant powder. Like, yeah. sweat is... And I'm like, know. we don't look like humans anymore. Like, I've had makeup girls, like, take makeup off of people before. Because I'm just like, it's too... Too, too clean. Yeah. They yeah. look like... They look synthetic. <laughs> 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 you know. But our, our makeup girl... Devin. The, the homie Devin. The homie Devin. Yeah. She, yeah. She's the best. And uh, she, yeah, she, and she just did the thing I directed for your 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 thing. Oh, the Pizza Man. Yeah, Pizza Man. Almo- yeah. Almost done, guys. Yeah. Coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> Oliver's. Uh, I, yeah, and I hadn't directed anything in a while, so that was that was really fun. Yeah, so let's talk about that yeah. because I mean, you have all the the directing elements that um, are in line, and now you're sort of jumping into doing more directing. What's the, yeah. what's the plan with that? Well, or the thought. I always wanted to make my own movies. I really like working on other people's movies, but. I, I love telling stories. I'm a natural storyteller. I always have been, like, whether it's a campfire at a bar counter, like whatever. I like telling stories. Well, that's that's a, a problem I have with you on set. It's like I get so excited to see you on set, and then I realize like we've been talking for forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, shit, we're not working. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that we're even at work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that, and that's like our crew too. It's that just, is, like, we're all. Yeah. It's like a bunch of friends that make movies together, which is so awesome. Yeah, uh, and, and rare, I think. Um, but and yeah, so valuable. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm into I, I, I'm in like I tell like the stories I write, especially like my my short stories and all that stuff, are kind of uh, 
they're they're unique because they're from my weird brain. I think so. I, w- I would love to I mean, have like original ideas. Yeah, and I always that... and I always have wanted to do yeah. stuff. So yeah. so yeah, now it's starting to happen, which I'm really stoked about. Plus, you have so many like life experiences. I mean, you've really uh, yeah done some cool things. Yeah, I uh, I'm a I I, I don't wanna, how did I phrase it? I'm a experience collector. I would say. Um, I, I was really into Hunter S. Thompson when I was younger and, you know, gonzo journalism and stuff. And he, his whole, the vibe I always got from reading his stuff was like, well, how can you write about something if you didn't do it or see it or like feel what it feels like, you know, cause then you can actually convey what it's like to be in that situation. You know? uh-huh. Whether it's like, I mean, wow. It's like watching somebody burn to death at Burning Man. That was a, I would, did not expect that thing to happen. Well, you saw someone burn to death. Yeah, the this man. guy ran into the fire. Uh, he ran into the Burning Man. My first year of Burning Man, right, right in front of us. Uh, what was his name? Um, Daniel Joshua Pence. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, oh no, no, not J- Daniel Pence. That was that's a different one. Uh, anyway, but. There was that's that, crazy. you know. So yeah. you just were like, you know, casually standing. Yeah, we're just kind of all hanging out, having a great time, and then some guy just like runs and like swan dives into the fire, and the firefighters have to drag him out, and he's like, all his hair is gone. It was fucked up, but uh, yeah, I'm like, you know, I, I slept in the basement of a haunted house in Kansas recently. Uh, By the way, that haunted house was so epic. It's beautiful. Uh, the what that was such called? a find. Yeah, um, I was working, was shooting something for a director from Florida, and we went out to Abilene, Kansas. Middle of nowhere. Uh, shockingly good Mexican food. Um, but yeah, we took Brian White, one of our yeah. other friends, who will probably be on here eventually. Hopefully, if we can yeah. schedule him in. And uh, yeah, somehow I got him to come out to Kansas with me. And uh, what was it called? The house was, it was built in 19, 1853, so like before the Civil War ended. Um, I think it's called the like the Abilene Mansion or something. That's cool because I mean in LA there's so many like haunted houses that have just been shot out over and over and oh, over yeah. again. And it was cool that, you know, and I think when you posted a picture on Instagram of the house, it was something I don't know if it's ever been filmed before, but it seemed like this original new yeah. haunted house, which seemed massively exciting. It looks like it, it looks like the house like the Adams family house would yeah. be. You know, it's like in this in the it's like on its own little corner. It has this weird tower that comes up from the top of it. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, so that's called the hunt. And how did you guys find that house? Uh, Andre, the direct Andre Dixon, the director. He just kind of was looking up old creepy houses, I think, on the internet, and found it. And yeah, the woman said we could rent it out, and, and we could all the whole crew stayed in the house. And uh, we had a couple of weird things happen. <laughs> um, there were like five crew members all had like including me had like con- like serious bouts of deja vu like a number of times throughout the week we were there and there was one night so you guys had like collective deja vu we had collective deja vu which wow. is fucking weird um it was the the two people doing our gore effects uh Marcus Koch and his his girlfriend um i hope i said your last name right Marcus uh, but he's awesome. He did like, we are still here, uh, which is a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. He's done a bunch of really cool stuff. He directed one of the American Guinea pig movies, which are like really, really gnarly gore movies. Uh, that actually, uh, Charlie Sheen thought one of them was an actual snuff film and reported it to the FBI. <laughs> uh, so those are pretty cool. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, so we had, they, us three had deja vu. One of the actresses did and uh, Brian White did as well. 
which and Brian's not very into haunted places person in my experience, but uh, I might have swung him over a little bit on that trip. <laughs> What's, yeah. it, what's it like with, like, deja vu? Because, you know, I have deja vu where it's like, fuck, I think I've had this conversation before. I have, like... Looking at this, you know, window. Sometimes I'll just, like, be in a situation and I'll be like, like wow, I had a dream about this exact situation years ago. Like, that's what deja vu usually feels like to me. Uh, and, and so everyone kind of had a deja vu experience yeah. similar to that? Yeah. And I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who's really into the spiritual realms, shall we say. And he has always explained deja vu as you bumping into your fate line. So if you're if you're walking on this path, you know, and every once in a while you cross your fate line, it means you're going in the right direction. Ah, which is which is interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. I'm not a big um, I'm not into like seances or uh, you know I, I do drink kombucha, but I'm not that much of a hippie. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you've watched but, enough but, horror films to know the like the yeah. house that could come and like yeah. take over like uh, I'm, I'm emotions in, within the crew. Yeah. I'm into haunt, haunted places. I always have been because to me like when a place is haunted it just feels like there's been a lot of history there. Yeah. You can kind of feel it when you walk into a room or like yeah. a hallway that feels like it's been walked up and down a thousand times by someone. Like You, you, just, you feel like age. But I, I, mean, d- I mean that's a big thing and like with you know working in film production mm-hmm. is you really never know <laughs> where you're gonna where go. you're gonna go and you don't really have much control over it. Oh yeah, you know? like when you we just uh, get a call sheet and you're like, yeah, what is this place on? You know, like when we scouted when we scouted that active prison. Remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So you can use this room as your staging, but there's gonna be about a hundred prisoners on the other side of the wall. And we're like, eh, I don't know if we want to shoot I here. Don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but you're one fence line away from prison. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And they were all waving at us and stuff. But, uh, the, <laughs> but going, going back to um, Kansas for one second, the, I did have a ghost experience, which I was trying to find my gaffer, Tony Ontiveros, awesome dude. And uh, he, I thought he was outside the house. So I like walked out to the porch. I was like, Tony! And he didn't hear anything. And then from behind me, it felt like somebody just like put their hand on my back, like on, on my shoulder, and I thought it was Brian. So I turned around and I was like, what the fuck do you want? And there's no one there. And you can see the hair standing up on my arm right now. Uh, but it was like, it was, it, someone like tapped me on the shoulder pretty much. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I went back into the house. It was like, <laughs> I was like people, where are people? Something just touched me. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and we were staying in the, me and Brian were staying in the basement. Uh, yeah, which was also just super super creepy. We would, we found out that like sound travels through the house weird. So like somebody you could hear if you were in the bathroom on the third floor, you could hear people talking from the kitchen on the first floor. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, so it's like a piping thing. Yeah, I, yeah. or the woman who owns the house did it on purpose to make it sound like the place is haunted. I have no idea, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure that place is pretty haunted. It sounds she, like there's some yeah. some energy. And there. she told us like we could like. We were not allowed to use Ouija boards there. Uh, she didn't want anybody trying to like summon anything. She said weird stuff happens. Yeah, no one wants to make it worse. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Except sense. like I would be down to make it worse. <laughs> that's just me. My house I live in right now is haunted, but you know. Yeah, you have a picture in your living room of an actual ghost at yeah. the actual house. I mean, yeah. It's like it's like super meta meta. Yeah, and I had hung it on the wall. It's a picture of my house from the twenties, and I hung it on the wall. And then, like, months later, a friend is just like, hey, who's this lady standing in the doorway of this house? And I had never noticed it before. And I went up and I was like, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> so, of course, I kept it there. Uh, my girlfriend hates it. 
I think we talked about it based on that picture because I've tried so hard not to believe in ghosts, and that was like yeah. one of those things where it's like, how do you argue? Yeah, you know, I the existence a, of spirits when you have a picture of it. I had a really weird thing happen in my house last year, right after I got back from Burning Man, where because I, I had like done all this temple stuff at Burning Man, so it was like someone thinks I brought something back with me or something. I had a friend tell me that, but um, I was taking a nap. And I, like, jolted up because I, like, smelled this really powerful sulfur smell. Oh, God. And I was like, I was like, fuck, is something on fire? So I ran around my whole house. The smell just, like, went away. I was like, that was weird. So then my girlfriend comes over. We're laying in bed. And my door is open in my room. And my dog just starts, like, security barking. Like, scared security barking. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I walk out there and she's just barking at a wall. Or, like, at this, like, spot on the wall. Um, and like weeks before that, I had a, f- a friend bring over these like girls that are really into like crystals and like tarot and shit. One of them was saying, oh yeah, there's a portal right here. And it was the place where she was barking at. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, okay, that's fucking weird. And then so. Was she, it a portal so, to another dimension? Is I, a... It's like a, the spirit realm spirit or something. Spirit realm. Which is like, and it's right next to the door to my bedroom. So that's even, that's great. Yeah. Uh, door A or door B. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this would not be creepy if she didn't point to this exact place and tell me that. So then finally my dog start, stops barking. Then she starts again. Then she calms down again. And so I close the door and we're laying in bed. And then my smoke alarm goes off. And there was no smoke. What? <laughs> so I'm just like, what in the hell is going on here? So I is had this a, put you in your happy place, or is this? I thought uh, it was awesome. I mean, it was like <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, she did not think it was as cool as I did, especially after I told her that I smelled a sulfur smell because sulfur is what hell smells like. Right. You know, supposedly. Not that I've been there. Uh, but sulfur is like a key ingredient with horror films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and isn't, doesn't she smell like sulfur in, uh, Exorcist? Yeah. All the time? Yeah. yeah. Exorcist, notoriously haunted shoot, uh, like every, almost everyone who worked in the movie had, like, really bad things happen to them after that. Oh. Uh, yeah, like the, one of the, the actress who played the mom, I, I, can't, I can't remember the exact details, but look it up on the internet, guys, because, yeah, the Exorcist, like, cursed people, basically, supposedly. <laughs> and I've been to the Exorcist house, it's in, uh, in D.C., Oh, cool. Like the stairs that he gets thrown down at the end. Spoiler, yeah. Spoiler You've been alert. there? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, me and my dad took photos on the stair- steps when we were out there doing a documentary. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> my, and my dad was the one who was just like, we should go to the exorcist house. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude. Let's do it. And the house looks exactly the same, pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very cool. The only uh, on-set horror experience I uh, have ever had was... Uh, I think it was like 2003. I just started in like the film uh-huh. business. I was yeah. um, producing a short film at Lacey Studios. Oh, Lacey Street? Oh, yeah. Lacey Street Studios. Yeah. And we're shooting an exterior, and all of a sudden the lights in the upstairs go on. And someone's like, what the fuck? Just ruined our shot. Worms are Come up there. And whoever's doing that, tell them to fucking not turn the lights on. Yeah. So I go up there, and of course, there's nobody up there for, you know, everyone's outside. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) I don't like this. (laughs) Oh, it would have been even creepier if you got up there and were like, hello, and the lights turned off. I know. Fuck! 
I would have I would have pooped myself probably. <laughs> um, yeah, Lacey Street is hot, notoriously haunted, and then there used to be Linda Vista. Did you ever oh remember? yeah, Linda? I haven't shot there, but obviously you we know. did a shoot there years ago. And to get to the bathroom, you had to go down this hallway where there were no lights on. It was at night, and uh, it used to be like an old mental institution. I want to say something like that. Something like that. But uh, yeah, all the room, all the doors to all the rooms were open. I remember like. Just walking past it, and it just felt like there was somebody standing in each room, like just watching me go by. Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> I also, uh, uh, I, I, I tend to attract weird uh, stuff. And yeah. I've, I've been told by like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's my volume. I don't. I, it's either how loud I am or just how into it I am. So, like the the theater my mom used to work at when I was growing up, uh, a noise within in Glendale, which is now like a bank building or something. It was an old Masonic temple. And we used to go exploring in it all the time, like up to the, we heard voices, like there was, if you stayed there late enough at night, a lot of people would report that you could hear somebody walking right behind you holding a bell. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I never experienced that personally, but we did see someone uh, who disappeared, who my mom was like, it could have been a homeless person. I was like, but mom, we went looking for them and they weren't there. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, you went looking for them, you fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you can see horrors like runs in my blood. Runs in your blood and it's like you happen to show up at all these places. Yeah. And I guess that's where filming happens a lot of times is because yeah. these like haunted, vacant buildings are like... The cool gold to film crew, oh, yeah. but to anybody that would want to like <laughs> turn it into a restaurant or turn it into like yeah. a duplex, um, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but great no, for filming. Yeah, knock those things down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's it is it's cool to you know I want to tell stories about like some of my life experience. Like I I've written a script that's kind of based on something that happened. Yeah. In my high school days. I'm writing some more horror stuff right now, um, and uh, it's it's I'm getting excited about getting into directing, which is cool. Uh, and I, we just had such a great experience on Pizza Man with with Zach and everyone. You know, it's really cool. And it's gonna be get much crazier. Oh, it's gonna get wild. Yes, the Pizza Man sequels are gonna get fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, I've always um, been excited with the prospect of you coming in directing because it seems like you um, can. Uh, communicate so well with the crew but also communicate so well with cast and that's something that's been really uh, an asset for directors that are you know have a lot on their head with like you know getting the shot the time the AD and articulating his thoughts and I've always noticed you can kind of go in as a DP and you're like well hang on let's let's unpack this yeah let me think of this in terms of your department real real fast yeah and And you save a lot of like moments because of that yeah it's uh, I I think it's from I loved I loved coming up in crew because yeah because I'm able to communicate with everyone I know what everyone's job is I know how sometimes I can make it easier on them yeah and I'm like okay oh they're fucked right now so let's do this instead you know? yeah or we don't need this shot <laughs> Mr. Director man yeah and I've gotten to work with you know great directors as a DP and kind of see what makes them crazy what calms them down so that when I'm doing it I can calm myself down yeah you know uh, and. Because like d- directors are naturally, you know, their brains are all over the place. Because like that's how we see the world, I think. And everyone's sort of like angling at them to, you know, ask, you yeah, know, what to do. What should we do? What should we do? What should yeah. we do? And, uh, it's for a lot of stuff. 
I think sometimes that's other people getting flustered to come to the director, and he's just like, they don't care. It's just like, just do what you like, what we hire you to do. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like one of my favorite directors to work for, John Ross, great, a great decision maker. You know, um, we've done so much cool stuff, and it's been super, super collaborative. And I like, I like. But that's what's comforting is yeah. when you have a director that knows what they want and they know how to articulate exactly. those thoughts. And like filmmaking, it is collaborative, so it's not. It's I like sometimes just being like, "Well, what do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm, I can't, I don't really know yet, but like, let's figure it out. Yeah, uh, I, and that's why and doing it with friends is so fun. The whole uh-huh. like you know the whole cinemant crew. Uh, well, that's like, what we love. It's just yeah. the idea of you know collecting collective filmmaking mm-hmm. with a hierarchy. Yeah. So you know, it's like you feel comfortable approaching you know the director or producers with any ideas. Yeah. With knowing that are fine pitching it to the director, or knowing yeah. that might get shot down, but at least I can put my like thought out there. Yeah, and like not without be, being judged or without right. You know, and uh, it's nice when you're not like afraid to ask people questions. Afraid, or, exactly. Yeah. Or, like you know, like I'll be like, I'll tell Brian White, I'll be like, hey dude, uh, let's put like an eighty-five on the steady cam for this shot, and he'll be like, he'll be like, would you like it to be in focus? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like yes he's like may I suggest a 50 and move the camera closer I'm like yes you may Brian let's do that instead <laughs> how in focus would you like this to be uh, very much so yeah uh, because that's a huge thing with being part of a crew is just trust to be able yeah. to tell someone that they're wrong yeah or that it's not the best idea or like and offer a suggestion because egos are you know like, I think it's a cancer in you know production it's um, yeah and to be able to get rid of that and have a, a vulnerability. Like, it sucks when you're like, someone's like, or someone's like, I want you to do this. And you're like, well, we really, we kind of can't. And like, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. You know? Yeah. But like, with John, he'll be like, I kind of want to do this shot. I'll be like, John, it'll take a really long time. He'll be like, okay, fuck it, let's do this instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that fast. Yeah. That, yeah. And like, he's like, oh, Because really? he has a backup idea For already laid out. Yeah. 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 He's great. Our, and our, you know, our first project we ever worked on together was the thing in the apartment. Ah, uh, I met him. How through, did you guys meet? Yeah. So I met John through uh, a mutual friend of ours, Jeff Waldron, who shoots a bunch. He shot like Dear, the Dear White People season one. Oh, and he and did. Uh, he's done some HBO stuff too. Yeah. He did that new Alan Ball show. Um, but him and John went to college together at USC. Ah. And I guess John had hit him up to do thing in the apartment. But Jeff was busy. Jeff was like, "Hey, you should meet my friend John. I think you guys will get along. He's a horror. He's a, he's doing this horror thing." And uh, yeah, I mean, me, me and John were both redheads, both a little crazy, and uh, <laughs> just like hit it off. We hit it off, and um, we've been working together since 2015, all the time. Yeah, and you know, uh, you've been a a, a big, uh, uh, I guess, cheerleader for me also because. Yeah. You introduced me to John Ross, and mm-hmm. um, you were like, "We should all work together." Yeah, like, hey, big... good producer. This is a good producer. He and he's a homie. Like, let's. We should all do. Stuff and it's together. been more magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Been really fun working with John. And I think the cool thing about John is uh, he's also a super fan of horror. Yeah. And but he also likes like really shitty movies. Like <laughs> his like I, it's really me and John rarely agree on movies. We like. He like he like he goes see he goes and sees like just awful action movies and I can't do that I can watch Bad Grindhouse, but he doesn't like Bad Grindhouse. Yeah, <laughs> he likes like <laughs> shitty like kung fu movies. Like his dream project is like a martial arts movie. 
Really? Yeah, that's his uh, dream project, which I've always found so funny. But yeah, and he does like he he kind of likes everything. Um, yeah, and I think like because our sensibilities are kind of opposite that we like level each other out. That's what the, like our product is. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, we we have a we call it um, collaborative arguments. Constructive disagreements. Remember in AD being like, "Are you guys mad at each other?" I'm just like, "No, we're just, I'm just like, there's no, there's no time for bullshit." <laughs> there's no time for bullshit. John knows it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, thing in the apartment, we were doing like thirty something setups a day, like yeah. thirty two a day. We just shoot. It's all overnight. And how many setups do you usually like to do a day? Like under twenty five. Like twenty five is like. That's like a doable day. Yeah. Like they'll, as they'll, a producer, I always try to say like five to six pages a day. Yeah. So I guess within that, mm-hmm. 25 to 30 setups. Yeah. Well, and, and John, John always has like, because he thinks like an editor, so he has like very specific things in his head. So if you don't get one of them, he has to like rethink the entire movie in his head real fast. He'll like, we'll be having a conversation, like we have to cut a shot. And he'll be like, okay, hold on. And he'll like, just do, he'll just like close his eyes and like stand there for like 40, 45 seconds. He's like, Okay, we can cut to C. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's amazing it's, it's about so that cool. was uh, we were doing uh, the, the with the Crypt TV, the Netflix thing, mm-hmm. Keep Out. Yeah. And I remember it's like 9 in the morning. <laughs> We'd gotten there like 7 o'clock or something. We're in overtime. And my I hit a wall. I wasn't thinking. But John was still doing that. Yeah. Because you're like, all right, if we're going to make the day, we've got to lose this. And say, okay. Close his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on one second. Like, All right, fuck it. And he was still able to figure out a solution. Yeah, yeah. that was a fun shoot. I mean, that it was, was, that was it was crazy, but yeah, over. I mean, and that's the other thing about horror movies is you're shooting overnight all the time. Yeah, I think the first feature me and John did, uh, Shadows of the Dead for the Sci-Fi Channel. It was like all overnights. It was like. 12 days of overnights. It was awful. <laughs> but we were all like crazy people. It felt like a cave. You turn into a crazy man. Yeah. yeah. You, become, you become like a fat, crazy person. Because yeah. Just like... <laughs> because the hard part is, uh, you know, during the day, it's still valuable time. Yeah. You need to sleep. But, yeah. you know, things happen during the day where you have to oh, get yeah. pickups or you have to look at dailies mm-hmm. or you have to shot list or... Yeah. And then you get um, on a night shoot and it's just go, 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 go. Yeah. You know. And uh, and we had all those creature effects, and the sun was coming up, and you're fighting the yeah, you're fighting yeah, daylight. It was wild. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what that one was fun. Uh, friendship bracelet too. That was friendship wild. Friendship bracelet was pretty yeah. wild. And John that was, was like, bloody. John's like, is this one too fucked up? And I was like, that's John. It's a horror movie. It's fine. <laughs> make it make it more <laughs> fucked up if you can. Like, come it's on. Called, the series is called Don't Watch This. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Don't Watch This. Let's make people afraid to watch this shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, that was a wild one. When I first read the script, was. I kind of had the same thought. I'm like, "Is this okay?" Yeah, because they were like the kids were like way younger, I think, in the first the original draft of the script. And John's like, "I can't kill eight year olds like this." Right. <laughs> I, like, like, I convinced them to move it up to like yeah. I think junior high, yeah, or like high sixteen school. or something. 16, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we did uh, we did Sunny Family it was Sunny Family Sunny Calls, Family Cult, great. yeah, uh-huh. out at. Uh, out at uh, at Lancaster at Four Ace the Four Aces Ranch. That's which, a cool place. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, you guys might know it from it's uh, Captain Spaulding's uh, fried chicken stand in House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, it's also the motel in Identity with John Cusack. That's right. Which my friend Jeff Chassel was an electric on. He said that was one of the most miserable shoots of his life because it was like nine weeks of overnights and Ugh. with rain machines. 
So it was just everyone was like wet and tired and pissed off. But uh, <laughs> we we shot we shot there for a whole day, or no, for like two a while. I, I think mean, we shot there two days. Two days? Yeah, two full days. Uh, that was that was possibly the sweatiest I've ever been on set. Yeah, <laughs> it was really hot. It's the first time I ever bought a like rented a portable AC unit. Yeah. Um, or multiple AC units. Yeah, so we could, like, keep that one room cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so the Four Aces Motel, the movie ranch, what they don't tell you before you get there (laughs) is at night they have um, these scorpions that come out, and the scorpions are attracted to light. And the the set is in the middle of nowhere, so there's just blackness all around you, and you're in this like little pocket of uh, light. Yeah. So all the scorpions come for you. We didn't really see any. Oh, okay. we had those. We had those weird beetles. Remember those? Oh yeah, those yeah. were super weird. Those yeah. Like black big beetles. Or yeah, something. Like and the like all the like Mary was getting freaked out by them, and Devin Devin doesn't like bugs. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the actors were yeah they killed it the big fight scene oh I know yeah. yeah check out Sunny Family Cult season 3 if you haven't me and yeah that was the me and John took that over and it was, that was a fun series that was a fun series and it was fun to like uh, get to uh, take off with a different well from 1 and 2 yeah and, you know get to keep like the yeah they made the story bigger and we you know we got to do some more yeah the, doing that fight scene at the end was cool and they didn't want we, they wanted it to be in the daytime me and John were like no nighttime <laughs> and then and then yeah, they were like oh yeah n- the nighttime fight scene was way cool well you know it looks so <laughs> cool cause like the whole like four races like lit up at night yeah and so you're kind of lit by these neon signs and it just had, had much sexier feel than yeah. this like bright dust bowl yeah and I really wanted I really wanted it to be at night cause I wanted I wanted there to be just like because that's a big change at the end of the movie. That's yeah. Big, so I wanted there to be like a, some color that we could play with. You know? Right. Exactly. And, and we got to. Which yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've done a lot with Crypt TV, which is making some cool horror. Yeah. I've worked for Crypt for since 2015. And I've done... <clears throat> I did their... That's the one with the little kid. Uh, My First Day, directed by John Covell. Hilarious guy. Another John. Oh, I, also, all the directors I shoot for, almost all of them are named John. I work for like six Johns or seven Johns. If you're a director and your name is... If you're a John, you should try directing. If you're a director in general, hit me up. I'm always down. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. Uh, and they're all they're all stoked about me getting into directing. They're like, yeah, of course you should be doing that. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I did, with Crypt, I did my first day. I did the new um, this new Christmas one. The name escapes me right now. The thing in the apartment series, um, they've been they've they've been great to me. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's 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 nice that there's like somebody trying to do horror year round, and it's not just you're right around Halloween. Yeah, I mean I'm sure you get hit up all the time over the summer mm-hmm. to then hit like the Halloween exactly. release date, which yeah. we've done a few. Th- I think we did uh, the Gregory, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was the first time we worked together, which was uh, oh yeah, that was that the bite sized horror for Fox mm-hmm. Digital and yeah, uh, I think it was Snickers or something. Yeah. Or that sk- was really Skittles? Cool. Was Skittles? it Skittles? Who the hell knows? Some, something like that. <laughs> I was like, sugary. I was like, Skittles wants to promote a horror thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's make it awesome. <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, and that's at that cool. That's at uh, Air Hollywood. That was at Air Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. which uh, basically every plane scene you've ever seen in a movie has been shot at Air Hollywood. <laughs> that's the place. Yeah. We also uh, did a a very important film there uh, with Jimmy Tatro called How to Have Sex in an Airplane. Yes. Which uh, was my first class- time working. Classic. <laughs> classic film. <laughs> Jimmy's, Jimmy's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and then, uh, but the first time we were together, I think, was, I guess, the last day of Internet Famous. I don't know if you were there that day, though, but the pickup day at the Hilton. Oh, at the Hilton. Yeah. Yes, I was there. That's where I met yeah. Car- our, our sweet Carly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Carly, the, who I want to have on the show. Oh, is, that'd be awesome. Uh, she was, uh, she's like a great cinnamon story because we brought her, our, our, our uh, production designer, um, Alec Contestable, who's, uh-huh. you know, really had a, a, so far a great career, yeah. uh, came on to help us out on a Super Troopers thing we were doing with Jimmy Tatro, and she was the, like, unpaid uh, art intern. That's awesome. And she was, you know, her first year of college or whatever, yeah. you know, and <laughs> she was planning on doing a four-year degree to become a production designer, and we started calling her to, you know, do more shorts, yeah. and by the end of that year, we're like, listen, if, you know... You should be the production designer on Internet Famous, which was a yeah. studio movie. Yeah. And at, I think at 19 years old, she, you know, stepped up and became yeah. uh, a production designer. I don't know if she even went back to college. She's been on like I don't a, think so. She went uh, on, after that, went on a tear of... Yeah, and she went to that the Saddleback program, which I, heard, I don't think exists anymore. But uh, there were a lot of kids that came out of Saddleback. And yeah. And successful, like Quaid Baca's uh, Steady Cam Up, who does uh-huh. really well for himself, and all kinds of all kinds of people. Yeah. And then, she was not on The Thinning, was she? She was not. She was on uh, Party Girl, which was right. another series we did. The Thinning was, the first one, was pretty wild. I think that was the first time we officially worked together all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we, were, we were in the trenches on that one, because we yeah. had a lot to shoot. And Arjun made those lights, remember? the Right. What did we call them? He was the, the tube lights that... Uh... I think we called them poopsicles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're really mature, guys. Uh, but yeah, um, Trust they, us. He, like, yeah, he put LEDs into these like plastic tubes so that he can control the color of them. And, they, and they he were, did they, it like on his Apple Watch. Yeah. They were, they were essentially like a stereotube before a stereotubes existed. And then now, of course, he has like a million stereotubes. Yeah. Arjun's a, a lighting extraordinaire. Um, any piece of new gear he has before anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but he really, uh, you know, like, uh, we always uh, looked at him as, like, the guy that, like, really created this, you know, look for the thinning. Yeah. And the the lighting setup he had yeah. was really instrumental in um, building out the school and when it went mm-hmm. into lockdown mode. And, I mean, yeah. he really crafted that whole look. And now you see tubes and everything. Yeah. But he, he's, he's always on the forefront. It was yeah. on the forefront. And um, the and, way he runs them makes it so much easier to shoot a film because it, it can ha- he can change things so quickly, you know, based on whatever the needs are. Yeah, and, that and the lights just, like, are in the trunk of his car yeah, and he pulls them exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> and I've worked with Arjun for a million years, I mean, since college. Uh, and, like, I always key grip stuff that he gaffed. Uh-huh. And he always recommends me for stuff just because, like, we're used, like, we light with each other. Yeah. Like, that we we have this kind of, like, system we do. And, like, he's really great at lighting, and I'm really good at softening and cutting light and shaping stuff. And Did so. that start in, uh, make, at film school? Yeah. It started, I think the first thing we ever worked on together was a thesis film Brian White shot called Team Force Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> Teen Force Ninjas? Something like that. That's a cool title. And, uh, Yeah. It was we did some interesting stuff on that. Like we had to light the front of a house on a back lot at CBS Radford. It was we had to light it at night to make it look like day. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no one thought we could do it. 
like everyone was like, this is gonna look like shit. And then we, <laughs> and then me and Arjun, I think, thought it was gonna look like shit. And then we did it, and I was like, oh, yeah. we did this with Kinos? Holy shit, <laughs> we're, we're good at this. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I uh, didn't go to film school and um, came out to LA. And if I was doing a short film or music video or some kind of project, I'd go on Craigslist and hire a crew. Mm-hmm. And through that, met people that I, you know, kind of built a network around yeah. and started working together. And um, and it was working for me, and I was always like, you know, fuck film school, it's just bullshit, you gotta <laughs> yeah. get out there and do it. But it was until I started working with Jana, yeah. and the Jana chairman. introduced me to, you know, Arjun and you and Brian, and yep. I realized, like, the value you guys got from Chapman University and the, the, the yeah. you know, experience you guys had together and the friendship gained, like, that was when I really discovered how instrumental, if used right, yeah. film school can be. And I think that the biggest thing we got out of it was meeting each other. It wasn't, yeah. even, it wasn't even like learning anything about lighting or any of that stuff because yeah. we learned most of that just by being on sets. But we had like this, we had this, the Chapman Mafia, the big network of, you know, there's, you know, there's so many of us. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Ryan Somerset, Greg Cotton, I mean, the list goes on. My man, Greg Cotton. That my man, Greg Cotton. We gotta get Greg Cotton on the. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah, it'd be fun to just get like a group. Do but like I group. think the thinning one was uh, was predominantly Chapman. Yeah, because didn't Alec go to Chapman? Alec went to Chapman. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, like Gallagher didn't. That was about it. Yeah, and Jana, uh, Jana. I I shot a TV pilot at Chapman that Jana was in. That was how I met Jana. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I remember, this is a really this is funny. It's kind of gross. I apologize, everyone. But uh, <laughs> so we were shooting at an apartment, and um, the, Jana was using the downstairs bathroom as her like changing room, and I didn't know this because I had been on set the whole time. And I went into the bathroom to um, sit down for a bit, shall we say? And uh, so. Uh, yeah, I did that, and then I stood up, and there, I, then I noticed there was a piece of paper taped on the wall that had fallen down. So I picked it up and looked at it and said, on pain of death, do not poop in this toilet. It does not flush. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I went in. I went to the first AD, and I was like, I was like, hey, so I totally pooped in the no-poop bathroom. She's like, oh, no. Janet has to change in there in a second. I was like, I know. I don't know what to do. Sorry, <laughs> I, have to, I have to go. I have to go shoot. So I ran to go shoot, and I remember going back in there like a few hours later, and there was no poop in there anymore. So I don't know what they did, but some poor PA or something had to, <laughs> had to deal with. It was never with me. stuff again. And, yeah, like I love like stories like that from like film. Film sets are like one of the few. There's no job like working on a movie. Yeah, there's something like there's. There's like in a way far more rules and far less rules at the same time than there are for any other job. I think. Yeah, I remember uh, I during the writer strike in 2006, um, I got a job as a PA on uh, this game show with like a celebrity host, and I forgot who the host was, but um, it was like in one of the studios, and we had a, like a trailer to go use the bathroom in, which was disgusting. <laughs> And I remember going upstairs, put water in the, like the suite, whatever that the yeah. star was in. He had this gorgeous bathroom, and I had to poop so badly. <laughs> so I'm like, "Fuck it!" I was like, "This guy's down there shooting. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm gonna go and poop." And so while I'm pooping, I hear the door open, and he and his agent are having a conversation. Like, "Fuck!" <laughs> 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 and 
And so I opened the door. I'm like, I, you know, I just went ahead and cleaned out the bathroom for you guys. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, finding a place to poop on set. Oh, yeah. A whole other podcast. Oh, oh, my God. Pooping on set. It, uh, like the... Because sometimes there's, you know, uh, for the people that don't know, we have these glorious things called honey wagons, which are uh, trailers with bathrooms on them. And I don't know what it is. They have a very particular smell. And all of them smell the same. And it doesn't smell, it smells kind of. It's unique to its its own taste. Yeah. And it's it's really rough. And especially when we shoot like outside. Yeah. You know, we're on location and it's hot. Like there's nothing worse than a hot honey wagon or. Sometimes we have these glorious porta potties that uh, are just like giant microwaves full of poop. <laughs> there's on on set. There's there's no like barrier really. Uh, everyone's just kind of bl- like brutally honest with each other in all kind of all respects. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Answer this question and wrap it up. Oh, you don't have to. Yeah. So uh, any 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 advice? Any final thoughts, I guess. Final thoughts from yeah. Oliver Young. Um, be uh, the, the the if you want to work in the film industry, uh, you should. I think you should have as little. Try to have as little of a temper <laughs> as possible. <laughs> the 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 more graceful and nice and calm you can be, the more people are going to want to work with you, and uh, the the better your product is going to be. I think. I think that's a really that's a really good uh, piece of advice, and I, I think on top of that. Just um, being uh, sympathetic to the fact that people are under a lot of stress, yeah, and totally. you're sometimes seeing the worst in people, and mm-hmm. you have to make a good situation out of that. Yeah, and also uh, treat everyone well, because you never know who someone you know the PA that you know makes bad coffee. You know, like one day they might be the biggest director in Hollywood. Like my one of my dad's one of my favorite stories from my dad is he was working on uh, a Roger Corman movie called Battle Beyond the Stars, uh, which was like a Star Wars ripoff. And uh, there was a, the guy who was the production designer on it. He, he, had been, he had gotten all these Big Mac containers and spray-painted them silver, and he was gluing them to the walls of the set to like, make it look like a texture. And it was James Cameron. So, uh, so yeah, you never know who someone's going to be. And, and he was the PA on the set? He, he was a, I think he was the, the, the production designer. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But for Roger Corman, you're basically like a PA at that point. Yeah. Um, like, and I've, like, some of my best friends I've met on set were, like, the low, the lower, the lowest on the totem pole. Like, my buddy Flynn, you know? Like, oh, yeah. He, he was a PA on Shadows of the Dead who used to drive me down the hill at Sable Ranch to go smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we saw, like, we saw a bear while we were driving down there. That, there's a, I, I could talk about that movie for days. Oh, that, I'm sure. That was yeah. fucking crazy. Um, yeah, we had like poison oak and bears on set, and you know. <laughs> oh, and our effects guy was deaf. Oh my like, god! So, uh, so that's a challenge. So he would well, yeah. So we, we had these like tubes of fog like going all through the woods. Yeah. And he would turn them all on and would fog the shit out of the woods. And we'd be like, all right, just cl- turn it off, turn it off. I'm walking. Hey, turn it off. And he's like, no, he just can't hear us. So we would have to go find him in the woods. We'd be like, turn off the fog machine. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, be, uh, for the DPs out there, just be bold, you know, um, no one ever got anywhere playing it safe, I think, and, uh, yeah, my, my dad always said just be as nice to everyone as possible, I think, like, 
like I think Michael Mann got like right in his face, like yell at him on something, and I was just like, whatever you say, sir. And everyone's t- people are taken aback by that because they're like, oh wait, you know, and, and yeah, people can be mean in the film industry, but you know, let them. Yeah. You know, don't let it get to you. It's not a big deal. We're not curing cancer here. We're making movies. Right. I think a lot of times it's like it's, people are trying to work out their own issues and then they just project it onto you yeah. given that time, you know, yeah. because uh, the way it functions is it's, you know, kind of a top-down yeah. model. But really, like, that's the way it's on is on paper, but it, it's a lot more conjumbled than that or, you know. Yeah. Creative people are a little crazy. We're yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, and that, and... Uh, Passionate. Yeah, and like that, I mean, that's what's cool to have an outlet like film to get that out there, you know, and let your voice be heard. Yeah, I always look at it as like a painting with like, you know, maybe there's one primary person painting it, but we're all yeah. sort of contributing to that. Doing it together, like, yeah. Doing it together. You never know where like a good suggestion is going to come from. Yeah. Know? Like sometimes the makeup girl will say something, you know, and sometimes she'll say something that you're just like, no, that's, that's, no. no we're but not, it might we're... lead you to something. Yeah. Like, that's a bad <laughs> idea, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. But that why oh, might lead to but the But that answer. gives me another idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, and now that we're in the days of not shooting on film too, like everyone is watching the monitor. It feels very, fil- film sets, I mean, even in the past, I would like, you know, since I got out of college, now they feel even more collaborative yeah. than, than ever before. Yeah. You know, and it's, well, especially with our crew. Right. Because we're, we're all, you know, we're all buddies. Yeah. Were you there that morning at, on Funny Story after the night shoot when we, <laughs> when we went, to, we were at the... Tamo Shanter, and everyone just like ordered like a sandwich and whiskey at like, <laughs> like ten in the morning. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, and um, the film the film industry is a social industry, so be social. Go to rap parties, take people out. You know, go go go. That's how you get jobs. I mean, like I've gotten so many jobs just like at bars. You know, like, you know what? I like you. Let's do something together. You know. Go get coffees with people. Go see movies together. That's great advice because yeah. as hard as you work at at your craft, networking is almost as even more important. Oh yeah, yeah. People got to remember who you are and remember your name. Yeah. So, be social, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> be social. Have fun. Don't be a dick. Be Don't social. Be a dick. And yeah, I mean, have fun. Yeah, the more fun you're having, it shows. It shows in movies. It does show in movies. And like in this what in this movie funny story coming out May twenty fourth. Uh, May twenty fourth, that we all happily made together. The Which, only the only movie I've worked on that was like smiley fun the entire time. Yeah, and I think every <laughs> single person can say that they had oh yeah a blast on that film, yeah. which was a really rare thing. Yeah, um, and so. Um, you know, I think we kind of set the bar on that one to, to you know, I think collectively we were always mm-hmm. like, God, if we could just go back to that sex, it was so we just fun. do that again? Yeah, can we just do that again? Can we get Gallagher to get his wife to make out with girls again? <laughs> <laughs> I know why he really wrote the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gallagher. Oh, Mike. Anyway. Well, well, anyway, well, thank you so much, Oliver. It's a treat having you on the show. Thank and you so much for having me. This, is, this was fun. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this is another episode of Tales from the Crew. <laughs>